1: we are back this is todd sylvester with the todd inspires belief cast thank you for tuning in as always thank you for believing in me it means the world to me um i can't believe that we are ranked in the top 100 in mental health in the world that just blows my mind so but it's not because of me it's because of you guys and these amazing guests that i bring on i gotta uh, give a shout out to our sponsors uh, siegfried and jensen wasatch recovery um boy yeah thread wallets just had a little blank there and then the music you heard at the beginning and then the music at the end is by my good friend paul cardall he's an award-winning pianist all over the world he's got 25 million active listeners and i'm so grateful that he allows me to use one of his songs that is so beautiful so thank you paul and today we're joined by uh just an amazing human being um i get a little choked up thinking about this all of a sudden but uh also consider him a great friend uh as well and just love what he's doing to make this world a better place Jared Miller Jared thanks for being here today
0: Todd thanks for having me on buddy yeah. and don't start that or this will be a this will
1: be a sap through the whole entire thing but no I yeah. appreciate you having me on buddy Wow well, you know, it's my honor man He drove all the way up from St. George to be here today and that means a lot to me that he would be willing to do that uh next to him is his beautiful wife Mandy She's here for moral support. <laughs> we might put the mic in front of her going, hey, was that true what he just said there? <laughs>
0: yeah, she'd be a good fact checker. But yeah, they're
1: be. recently married and they're a beautiful couple and just glad to have her here as well. Um, Jared is a certified advanced substance abuse, s- substance use disorder counselor. That's a tongue twister for it's some reason. It's a mouthful, reason. right?
0: I'm yeah. a fellow traveler.
1: Yeah. You know, he works at a treatment center, one of the biggest in the Utah, if not the country, uh, he also hosts his own podcast that I've been fortunate to be on, titled We Do Recovered with Jared Miller. Um, again, like I said, he's married. He's been through a lot in his life, and you you guys might be a little surprised when you hear everything that he's been through. It's, it's one of those where he goes, man, how does someone endure all that and get through this and then get to a point where you're at today? So we're going to hear this beautiful story today. So why don't we start off though, Jared, tell us where you grew up. And tell us a little bit about your childhood, and maybe a little bit about your family.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, before we get rock and rolling, if you wouldn't mind, I I want to kind of preface this. Yeah. Um. I have been through a lot. You know, uh, I I sometimes when I hear <laughs> when I hear my own story, right? It's, <laughs> um, I don't want any cue the music, any sad stuff. I'm yeah. grateful today for everything that. Yeah. That I've been through, and I think when people come on here, the reason why you're probably one of the top 100 mental health podcasts is there's a certain level of vulnerability to come on and share yeah. some of the most deepest, intimate times of your life. Yeah. So the preference, the preface is this: before we get started, my story's not real cute; it's a real ugly story. Mm-hmm. Um Sometimes, if you're listening to this, I'm, I may sound like a martyr because there are times that I'm the villain and the hero. Yeah. And uh, a lot of everything I go through just before we even get into it was 100% I take accountability for. It was my fault. So let's just start that right up front. The second thing, the intention behind why I do this. Mm -hmm. Because it hasn't always been like an unselfish thing. There was a certain time where I felt very much like, like you've heard the saying, just do the next right thing. Yeah. I felt like I was doing the next right thing, but not always for the right reason. And so yeah. okay. today I, I just wanna, my Love intention it. is this, not to not to really glorify or war story my past. Yeah, It's 100% because, man, now I'm gonna get emotional. I had a cousin um, who at one stage in, in my life when I felt like there was no hope, took me to this religious center, this church, and I, I heard a man stand up in front of a whole crowd of people and share something that I was too embarrassed and shamed to ever be able to talk about in front of a room full of people. And I thought to myself, this dude's crazy, right? <laughs> like, does he realize he has to like live in this community that he's talking about <laughs> he did these things? But that just goes to show how sick and how isolated and how sad and how ashamed I was at the time. And that man I'm talking about is your host, Todd Sylvester. Oh, wow. So <laughs> the intention today is yeah. this. Please share this because whether you realize it or not, there's somebody out there that I hope and I share today that it reaches and it helps. Yeah. Like I, my story is one of many. It doesn't make me special. Mm-hmm. My hope is that I can reach somebody else to help walk them out of the dark and into the light. Yeah. So love that. Had a great childhood. Is that? Yeah, and before, I went on a soapbox already, Todd. I apologize, yeah. no, you're buddy. Good. And,
1: and I got to tell you something, and this was amazing. Uh, and we're gonna cry here for a minute. Yeah. Thank you, first of all, for saying that. And I had no idea at the that the time the impact that would have had on your life. Um that cousin you're talking about saw me the other day mark miller mark miller yeah. two uh, like a probably about two weeks ago i go to a restaurant with my wife and we're standing in line waiting to think about what we're gonna order and he up comes here comes mark miller yeah. gives me this gigantic hug and then he th- puts something in my hand i'm like what's this and i look in there and it's like it's a hundred dollars and twenties yeah. i go no no what? what's this he goes no dude you you've helped my family more than you know, but you know just something like to that. Effect. I'm like no, yeah. I'm not I don't need. He goes no, dinner's on me. I go I don't need a hundred dollars worth of hamburgers right now, <laughs> and and I was trying to give right. it back. He's like no. He goes if I had more money, I would give it all to you right now, and it, yeah. this was two weeks ago.
0: That's crazy. And I'm
1: like dude, you're amazing. Was Thank you. Odd? You didn't need to do that, but it's it's just funny how when you the the ripple effect you can have on people yeah. by sharing. Yeah. And and. And guys, when I say Jared, when he's come from the darkness to the light, it's truly, you know, one of my favorite statements I will share with my clients, the greater the darkness, the greater the light, or the greater the sinner, the greater the saint. Yeah. And I've seen that in you. And just that transformation, it's been, you know, inspiring to me to see what you're doing and the confidence you have and that you do share and the vulnerability that you present. And so I agree with you. You're not special and no one's special or... We're all special. We're all the same. I like that too. Everyone has everyone has something that they're dealt with, they're dealing with on some level. Yeah. And um. And I think that that's that's 100% it. Right? Is my there's many
0: people that have a similar story to yep. me, uh-huh. but they're so ashamed of it. Yeah. That that they've got it clear back in their subconscious, and it's it's yeah. maybe causing some anxiety. It's causing some yeah. depression. What you're gonna hear today is I used to do dr- I used to do drugs, and now I don't. That's the low hanging fruit of my story, Todd, (laughs) the more important, the more deep part of my story was I didn't know how to manage my mental health. Mm -hmm. It led to some very difficult times. Mm -hmm. It led to the point where I didn't want to be alive anymore. And I had to learn how to (laughs) take off the Teflon mask. I had to learn what it meant to be courageous, what it really meant. Like not just tough guy prison mentality, you know, I'll fight you on the schoolyard type stuff. Um, so that's the, that's beyond the, the low-hanging fruit of, I used to do drugs and now I don't.
1: Well, why don't we just get right to it Let's then? Let's do it, Let's yeah. get right to it. You had some things hit you all at once, it seemed like. Yeah. Some death, a divorce. Let's just go re- get, get right to that point where things, you thought things were going well, and then all of a sudden, life throws these things at you and you didn't know at that time at least how to handle that in a healthy way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'll fast forward to the beginning, you had a great childhood. Mom, dad, both in the picture, biological parents, grew up out in the country, country kid, loved chasing <laughs> yeah. chickens and shooting BB <laughs> guns and all the stuff, right? Played sports growing up. I mean, I had zero complaints there, had a had a great childhood. Um, yeah, my where things kind of got really tough for me was college athlete, had some sports injuries, shattered my ankle twice, mm. had to have a shoulder surgery. Through all that I had passion, I had purpose, I had community in my life, friendships, wasn't a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I come from a family where you repurpose things and use them, right? Yeah. You don't waste anything. <laughs> right. So I would take uh, my prescription pain medications and put them in a shoebox in the top of the closet. So mm-hmm. boom, let's plant that seed for a second, come back to it. So went through, you know, um, high school sports stuff, college athlete. My dad uh, is a vet, was a vet. He's passed. And he got Agent Orange in Vietnam, mm-hmm. fought with the 101st Airborne, um, Army Ranger, just a stud of a guy. Yeah. Well, he it it took a toll on him, and in my early 20s, um, I always felt like I've always felt kind of rushed because I knew I was told back in high school, like you know he doesn't have a lot of time to live. Yeah. And man, my dad was tougher than else. I'd been hearing that for years. Right. Yeah, it It's like right. not like when you first hear it, it shocks you, but yeah. then when you know, like every year, he's going back in and making a joke with the doctor, like "How much longer I got now, Doc?" You know, like it just became a joke at <laughs> yeah, some point. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, until it until it wasn't. So uh, I got a phone call. I was teaching and coaching out in Arizona, um, as a high school gym teacher and health teacher, I coached football and baseball. And I get a call from my mom, and the first thing I remember, like it was yesterday, she just said, "Are you sitting down?" Which I thought was a really weird question. Yeah. And and I said, "Yeah, you know, I'm just driving uh, to work." Um, and she said, Hey, your dad's passed. Mm. And I remember in that moment, I was like, it was, it was tough for me. Um, man, now I'm skipping around because the reason it was tough for me is that was my first year as a head football coach. And before okay. I knew he wasn't doing real well, but again, like I'd been hearing that for years. Right. Yeah. So man, it's almost like you didn't think it was going to
1: happen. Yeah. Just,
0: in the back yeah. of my mind I did, but yeah. I, I guess I didn't realize like so anyways, I I fly home after my first year as a head coach. I know the football season's coming up. My mom's telling me he's not doing real good. You know, a nurse comes in, hospice, right? Mm-hmm. So it's getting bad. And I take him and I do all the stuff that he took me to do as a kid, right? The Ogden oh, Raptors awesome. yeah. baseball game <laughs> and our favorite camping site and go to the movies and And I was supposed to fly out on a Sunday night and Sunday I'm, you know, helping getting him dressed and ready. And he turns to me and he says, Jared, just stay.
1: Hmm.
0: I don't know why I get emotional at this part because I could like see his face. Yeah. He says, just stay, just stay for a couple more days. I said, dad, I can't, you know, two days start tomorrow. And this is my first big boy job, you know, I'm head football coach. Yeah, And, uh, he he kind of nodded and he understood. And so I flew home that Sunday night and it was Monday or Tuesday morning. I got that phone call from my mom. Mm. And I think that, right. Cause it wasn't yeah. an unexpected death. Right. But in that moment I kind of realized like, I don't know, maybe in some way he, he knew that it was super close and he wanted me there when he died and I wasn't there. So that's where kind of the internal conflict came.
1: Sort of kicking yourself probably like, why didn't I just stay Absolutely.
0: Yeah, sure. Absolutely. And um, you know, at the time I had literally I'm not joking, Todd, I probably had six different very powerful, dilated hydromorphine, you know, Percocet, mm-hmm. strong painkiller killers in the top of my closet. And I remember thinking, um, man, if this was good for physical pain, you know at night when I can't sleep because I'm sitting here running yeah. all these thoughts running through my head it, at least it would give me some relief and help me sleep yeah quiet the noise so I'd take a couple you know and before I knew it you know I blew through those prescriptions and you know my it's funny, but not funny. My my short baseman and cornerback's dad is a local prescriber in a small town in Arizona I was living in. And, wow. and not trying to get him in trouble or whatever. But, right. you know, I'd go in and we'd chop it up about baseball during baseball season yeah. or football during football season. And he'd write the prescription. And it was too easy. It was too easy. And by that point in time, I was taking the, the painkillers to numb the emotional pain. Um. So that was the... Where it all really got started. Right. And I never truly got off of pain meds in one way or, or another, whether it was through valid prescriptions or through buying them off of people yeah. for the next
1: several years. Did you ever share with anyone at that time how you were feeling like, man, I should have stayed? Did you, you sh- did you share that with any family member like, man, I feel horrible right now because he told me to stay did you ever share that experience with no
0: cuz that wasn't the way i was raised yeah i was raised you know yeah and no knocks on my dad my dad you know but he was a he was a military he was a, he was a very he just yeah. didn't talk about that kind of stuff yeah. right it was rub some dirt you in dust it and it get off. back out yeah, there exactly. and, you know Go. and you know men don't cry type mm-hmm. mentality and okay and so no i didn't and I was just back curious. to the yeah. intention right of yeah. the listener if you're going through something if something's eating you alive it's going to come out in one way or another. Yeah. You know, I, today, both of us work in the field of mental health and substance abuse treatment. And it doesn't have to get to the point that we've been. Yeah. Honestly, even just going in and talking to somebody, getting it off your chest. I think that when you let it ruminate in your head, it, it, it just grows and becomes cancerous. So within the time span of a couple of years, you know, my dad passed away. My brother also was struggling with some alcohol stuff, going through his own grief, and he ended up um, passing away from accidental overdose. Uh, I, I don't want to get too deep into my brother's stuff because his sure. his stuff and my family's asked me to to not really get into yeah, the that's, weeds that's of that. Running. Sure. Um, and my wife at the time, I was married, had a couple kids. She uh, she knew something was going on and because i you know i couldn't be honest with myself let alone anybody else around me right yeah um and of course wanting to be the tough guy college football player you know i i didn't want to look weak in anybody's eyes and so i wasn't going to you know reach out for help or anything and so ultimately it led to us separating and divorce and man moved back in with my mom my mom found out that i had I don't know if you know this but heroin see this is where it starts to get ugly just Mm -hmm. for the listener right Uh, yeah it's not a pretty story Uh, the natural progression with opiates is typically heroin yep it's a lot cheaper my mom found out I was using that kicked me out of the house um, when we were in our separated phase when we were going through our divorce so I ended up homeless um, downtown Salt Lake City Utah right there by Rio Grande Tent City
1: yeah wow
0: and not for just like, you know, living in and out of a car, not for like days or weeks, months, months. Um, yeah. Looking back eight, almost nine years ago, I've heard stories of family members that would drive down and like look for me and just watch me from afar. There was one point in time where my sister actually came up when I was in the process of being searched by police officers and begged for me to come home and by that time, I I had formed resentments because I felt like everybody had abandoned me. Yeah. And yeah, so why I, isn't
1: someone coming down here to rescue me and get me out of here and that kind of thing? But the
0: sad thing is, is even like when my sister did, yeah. I, I refused to leave. You I said, said no. I'll tell you what, give me give me 20 bucks. I'll be on the front runner. Pick me up in Davis County. And guess what I used the 20 bucks for? Yeah. I'm sure you oh, wouldn't yeah. need three guesses. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um, well, again, that resentment was keeping you from not taking the help. Correct. Right. Yeah. I always say this to my clients: resentment breeds rebellion. You know, when we resent anyone or anything, even if your resentments are just—if you think you got good reasons—you we usually typically go rebel and we blow up our lives trying to stick it back to them. Oh yeah. Right. Like, like oh yeah, give me twenty bucks, yeah or whatever, and you know, and then I'll he, show you. Let me hurt yeah, me. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
0: So that, yeah, that's kind of July 3rd, uh, 2014, um, I, I decided that I'd had enough and uh, attempted suicide through an overdose, and mm-hmm. that's where one life ended and another one began. I say that because I yeah. literally had like a near-death experience that changed me, and not like in the split of a moment, Right, but... I felt like has put me on a, the path that I'm on today.
1: Um, can Can you share some of that, or is that too personal about the near death experience? Because I'm fascinated by it. I've had several people on my podcast talking for that whole reason. Is that something you feel comfortable sharing? Or yes, is it, okay.
0: Let me preface real quick <laughs> okay. though, okay? Because okay. here's here's what a lot of people hear. Okay, now. all right. They think I'm either full of it or none of it makes sense because yeah. it's really hard. Sure. Like describe a feeling. Yeah. Right. Ask somebody to describe a feeling like it's yeah. really tough to describe a feeling or an experience. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, when I it, get it. When like it doesn't in in the logical mindset that we're sitting in and the listeners listening to, it's not going to make a lot of sense, but I'll do my best.
1: OK, thank you, because I think this is important.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was in a public bathroom in um, the Gateway Mall. And I don't even, it doesn't matter how much or whatever. Mm-hmm. Basically, I, I attempted, you can fill in the blanks. I attempted suicide through an overdose. Um, everything went dark. I can remember having regret the second I pushed the plunger in all the oh, way. Really? Yeah. I remember thinking, oh my God, what did I just do? And then I remember it getting very dark. And I can remember it started towards, again, I couldn't see my feet, but it started underneath me and, and darkness just started to kind of consume me or come around me. The only thing I can really relate it to is like if you've seen the Matrix where he touches the glass and he pulls yeah. his hand back. Yeah, and it's But it started underneath me and it kind of surrounded me and slowly started moving in on me. And it was just darkness and it... I can remember feeling cold, very alone, and right before it totally consumed me. And again, I wasn't like in my body, but it was almost Mm -hmm. like right before, this isn't going to make sense, but right before it put me out, right before before my energy was gone, is the best way I can describe it, like a lightning bolt, there was something pulled me out. Boom. Like like a real fast light. Wow. Um it it started real tiny and then it had me and pulled me in quicker than than I can comprehend or really describe. Yeah. But I was no longer there. I was no longer in the darkness that was slowly closing in around mm. me. I was the best way to describe it is on a beach which it wasn't a beach but it was the feeling of peace yeah of love of acceptance of happiness and the again i it was like i couldn't go out into the water and it again it wasn't water but this is the best way i can describe it right i couldn't go out into the beautiful horizon that i saw um i had to stand on the beach and I wasn't standing, so that's a poor word, but my energy was in that mm-hmm. that environment. And out of this beautiful, my dad came. Sorry, it's okay. And we didn't talk. Like me and you are, are talking, but he was there with me. And I remember communicating to him I want to stay. I don't want to go back. Yeah. Um, I miss you. You left me behind. And I can remember, um, again, he, it wasn't, it was him, but it was like, his energy was with me. And I remember him communicating back to me, it's not your time. You st- like there's still more to be done, wow. and I can remember um, communicating back to him, "I love you, be with me. I've only ever shared this one time, and it was at an event that I spoke at out in uh Indiana um yeah, so that's... And I've been talking for years, and, and that's yeah. near and dear to my heart. And... um. So, the next thing I know, I... uh, That environment I was in was now a fluorescent light that I was staring into, and there was commotion and chaos around me. And I remember hearing he's back. And I remember Mm -hmm. thinking, Oh, Oh no, no, I don't want to be back. So the reality knowing that,
1: Oh, I'm here again. Yep.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And and there was EMTs around me. There was police officers around me. There was security around me, you know, um, all security. Yeah. And I can remember I was, I started to fight Like I was, I thought Mm -hmm. that I could get back to where I was if like I fought my way away from it. Right. And then there was a period of time where like I realized this, the gravity or or the situation I was in. And so then I was just fighting to get away. Mm -hmm. Um, so, because I realized, you know, I, I was felony on felony probation on the run from Davis County, uh, tons of legal issues, you know the things that had led to the attempt. And um, that's where my story of recovery started.
1: Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I know that's not the easiest thing to do. and um, But I, I, I love hearing those kind of stories because everyone says the same thing. They've done studies on this all over the world now, and I've had so many people on because I'm really fascinated by it. And just that feeling of just love and peace. Yeah. And the, I don't know the percentage, but there's a certain percentage where they actually, they're told you can't come. <laughs> you got to go back. <laughs> and there's a certain percentage that have to go through that. And, and they all yeah. say kind of what you said. Well, I don't want to go back. Right, you know? right. So, wow, thanks for sharing that, though. That's I know yeah. that's a very sacred thing. And, uh, and I hope it, I, yeah.
0: I realize that it's, especially when I get emotional and I, you know, yeah. I'm a ball and baby through it. Uh, <laughs> it's really hard to under, understand yeah, and it's hard sure. to comprehend. Sure, but it's the it's the best that I can do to to
1: describe that event. Yeah, so that's when you said life begins again for you, a new life, so to speak, recovery. And I mean, mm. you're doing so so many amazing things right now, man. It's so cool. Mm. So talk about that. Like, what what was the shift after that? And and I, I know there's a lot of moving parts there. Yeah. You know, you're still dealing with divorce and, and oh, yeah. you know, losing loved ones and all that stuff. I mean, that's still real. So how, what, what happens and how did you do this?
0: I remember, so when you're withdrawing off of opiates, you typically don't sleep. Right, yeah, you're miserable. Right. You got the the machine gun jerks, and you're like, mm-hmm. I tell people, you won't die. the two The two substances that will kill you when you're withdrawing is alcohol and benzodiazepines. Right, but you'll wish you were dead when you're withdrawing from opiates. It's rough. It's not pretty. It's pretty ugly. Yeah. And I was kicking on a concrete floor in a jail cell in um, Salt Lake County because I was arrested mm-hmm. in Salt Lake County, and then I was on um, felony probation in Davis County, so they shipped me back up to Davis County. Anyways, Salt Lake County, I was in a cell by myself because I was puking and crapping my pants and just anyways, like I said, it's ugly um <laughs> nobody wanted to be in a cell with me, and yeah. so at night three, I said a prayer, and it was an honest uh ugly, angry prayer and yeah, and it, and it yeah. was it essentially was like god if if you know if it's not if I can't come back, if I can't come home give me a purpose, like, like give me something to live for. Mm. Um, wow. and I wish I w- said that like all of a sudden I heard trumpets from heaven and you know, like the fire brigade <laughs> came in and we all celebrated and, right. but it wasn't like that. Right. It was, it, I slept that night. If anything, I, I prayed, you know, give yeah. me something to live for, give me some peace, give me some comfort. And, and that was the first night that I could actually get a full night's sleep, which yeah. was fantastic.
1: Yeah. That that goes a long way.
0: <laughs> yeah. Here I am though, still, you know, yeah. in a jail cell. And so sort of basically to kind of fast forward, cause I do want to spend time in recovering what I'm doing today. Um, I did my time in jail, did a treatment program, Davis behavioral health, did a men's recovery center, uh, did the whole, it's it's funny. The last time we were just up here in uh, December, or I say up here up North, I was in Davis County. And my, I got my, my wife, Mandy sitting next to me and, as we're driving uh through Davis County, I pointed out like that was the halfway house I stayed in, and I didn't even have a car, and so I would take the bus from here <laughs> to where I worked yeah. in the mall and oh, I would well. work out at this place and and i man i would I would literally lay in my bunk at night and I'd put headphones on and I shared this with her, and, and I would imagine um, man, I don't know why I'm so emotional today. I would imagine the life I have now and i just mm. thought like i don't know how i'm going to do it yeah but man it, like it would be so cool to to have this and this and yeah and um so it through an 8 year process today i'm kind of i've manifested the life that that i'm living today and uh yeah, it was one of the things that was the key to my recovery is I remember going in the day I found out that I was going to be done with treatment. I went into the clinical director. His name was Derek. and called him the Iceman because, dude, this guy pulled no punches. He was meaner than mean, yeah. right? He was a drill sergeant. <laughs> and I said, Derek, dude, I'm scared for my life. Like, I don't want to go. I don't want to relapse. I, I don't want to mm-hmm. go back to the life I was living. Yeah it was like some ptsd stuff like you think people would be celebrating like woohoo i'm getting out and i'm free yeah. and your i'm life. off paper your and life. i'm and i was scared yeah i was i was scared and i said how like how do i do this how do i continue this and he said stick to your habits stick to your routine get a sponsor mm-hmm. right go yeah. to the meetings get a community of people and i did those things and and honestly i can say whether whatever your flavor is yeah. to the person listening t- today if sure. you're trying to do this by yourself you will fail yeah you need somebody else because you can't trust your own thoughts when right. you're in early recovery right so for an entire year another man I would have to run things past this <laughs> other dude now, I can remember when he <laughs> right. first told me that he said for the next year you're not allowed to make a single decision by yourself. And I'm like, oh, ah, yeah, okay, you know. And then he's like, no, I'm serious. Yeah, I call him like later in the week to check in for the week, and he's like, hey, you know, where'd you go to lunch today? And I was like, ah, Del Taco. You know what? It, he said, oh, who told you to go to Del Taco? Oh, nobody did, John. I just decided to go. Oh, so you don't you don't need my help. You don't, you you're gonna work your own program. You don't need my advice. Mm-hmm and holy cow that was like put you on blast yeah that was yeah. well he he kind of started calling me out on my own stuff you know like yeah. in other words if 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 you want my help follow through with the things that yeah. that i have to say and today to this day i've taken a little bit of the ice man and a little bit of john and <laughs> that's why i'm the counselor i am today right as i've incorporated little these both. Yeah. these life lessons i've learned from <laughs> from these people that have been influential and taught me how to live again
1: yeah, yeah. you know i love that you said you sat there and imagined the life that you have now. You mm-hmm. would sit and imagine it, you manifested it. And I believe, I believe in manifest, manifestation and that we're creators. And you said something early on at the very beginning of this podcast, you're like, I just want you to know everything I've done is my fault. Mm-hmm. Like That accountability piece is huge. And that's also a way, I always say this, if you take accountability, suffering stops. It really does. If we keep blaming and that's when your life really changed, you stopped blaming, took accountability and you, so that's a form of creation, right? Absolutely. And I just, I loved what you said there. And anyone listening to this right now, if you think you can't imagine and then go make it happen, think again. I mean, you're a perfect example, Jared, that look where you were. But I think that imagination piece is actually what led you to all that.
0: And I appreciate that. I, I look at my recovery. I look at the last eight, nine years, and I, f- I feel like it's kind of like an onion. You know, there's yeah. been, th- honestly, my higher power, called God, call it the universe, call it the cosmos, wh- whatever flavor fits you. Yeah has put people in my path at certain periods of time yeah i think of it as like a car right and i can mm-hmm. make it in first gear for so long yeah that was john my first year my sponsor yeah right, yeah. right? and mm-hmm. then and then I, like yeah. it, at certain points god introduces other people in my life and i switch mm-hmm. gears right and yeah. i kind of change not that my foundations the same but he puts people in my path that help me when i met you i had like 18 months two years yeah. I, I had some clean time yeah you were doing good there well not why knuckling it yeah i was
1: abstinent (laughs) holding on for dear
0: life (laughs) i was you can remember that right i remember i was holding on for dear life and i but i was i was i was i was still pretty sick i was my mental health yeah again, still struggling again you're gonna hear i used to do drugs now i don't but it's deeper than that like yeah the next gear for me was okay I, i can i can live life without substances how do I get rid of the shame? Yeah. How do I get rid of the guilt, the embarrassment, the, the feeling like, um, I have to hide a certain portion of my self and the mistakes that I've made from everybody else. Mm -hmm. In other words, I I didn't feel like I could be transparent and get up in the front of, in front of hundreds of people like you did and and tell my story. Like Mm -hmm. I, I wasn't in that space. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. And I think that that's important because I hope that there's some people out there that are listening to this that are maybe in early recovery that are going, man, like when I came and i and I talked to you, yeah, I came, I heard you speak, I had an in with with my cousin Mark, <laughs> he scheduled us you were super kind i mean, I came to your house, you didn't no. know me from Adam, I could have had a gun <laughs> or something, Todd,
1: like no. Yeah, you could have, you could (laughs) have, but man, you had a good vibe about you, man. I appreciate that. Absolutely. You know, and, and (laughs) some of the stuff
0: that you shared, you know, the, the, like, I'm not broken. Yeah. I think that I, I, at the point that I met you, I was content being a truck driver who secretly went to fellowship meetings underground, was (laughs) paranoid going in and out of them because I didn't want anybody else in the community to see that I was an addict. Right. Yeah. And um having another person look you in the face and say, You're not broken. Yeah. Look you in the face and say, Well, it sounds to me like you don't believe that you deserve nice things. I mean, that for me was like a paradigm shift. Yeah. I, I had already condemned myself to this. Yeah. And not to knock truck drivers, if that's your passion, that's fantastic. It just wasn't mine. Yeah. You know? And I was always when I would meet new people, it wasn't like I would show them a portion that I was comfortable for them to see. And then in the back of my mind, it was like, Oh, they're nice to me until they found, until they find out that I'm a recovering heroin addict who was a homeless junkie at one point in my life. And then how are they going to treat me? Yep. And, and all that paranoia and all that like anxiety and all that depression of it's only a matter of time until people see who again, before I met you who identified as the real me right because I was still sick I was still holding on to yeah so so that was kind of another gear
1: you were like my third or fourth gear there Todd (laughs) hey well that's amazing to hear that honestly you know you hope you have impact when you share with people I say this a lot we're all we're all standing on shoulders of giants you know I'm standing on a bunch of shoulders of giants and that's why I'm here with you today and you know maybe you stood on my shoulders for a minute you know, now you got so many people standing on your shoulders because you're now this giant. Not that we don't have stuff to work on, because we both do, but at the same time, we've dedicated our lives now to doing something to help someone else. Yeah, there's no greater high in the world than that. Talk about that, because you're you know you're an educational speaker. You've got a supplement line now that are helping people. You you speak all over the place. You got the podcast. You. I mean you're here today even and you, you really are a, a a pillar in the community especially in the recovery community and I mean it's just really is remarkable dude I appreciate that <laughs> it's remarkable I appreciate that I th-
0: I none of that would have been possible if I hadn't have met you and seen and honestly like I you know uh, I'm not trying to like ride your coattails here <laughs> but but it w- it showed me that you can be authentic mm-hmm. and you can fully show everybody yeah, your who you who you are, what you've been through, and instead of letting it define you, you've let yeah. it refine you. Yeah, I love that. You know, yeah. and I'm sure somebody quoted that somewhere. Do I need an <laughs> APA cited format, babe? Um, <laughs> but refine. but honestly, like, yeah. so from that point on, I, I met you. I I decided, you know what, I do deserve happiness. I quit the trucking thing. I had a lot of money saved up because I was working in the oil fields, which <laughs> paid pretty nice. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I decided I just, I'm going to pursue happiness because I do deserve tr- nice things. Yeah. I need to challenge that belief. I moved to St. George. I rented a room from a, a guy named Jared Sellers who ends up being, um, Terry Sellers, his little brother. Yeah. If you don't know the name, Terry Sellers, he, he's an addictionologist yeah. He works. He has a recovery story of his own. Yeah. That's my dude. That's, that's like my mentor. <laughs> I'm very close to him now. Yeah. Um, my therapist today, cause I still see a therapist, you know, I, I again, we all have stuff we're working on. Yep. We all do Don't we?
1: <laughs> she tells me
0: that I look for, um, surrogate brothers in my life and I look for surrogate father figures yeah. in my life. Yeah. And, and you would be like a surrogate brother to me, you know, and, Terry's like
1: a surrogate father figure you to me. You just made my day. I, you, you could have said father because I'm a little older than you. <laughs> no, <laughs> dude. So thank you, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so
0: yeah, I do, I get to do some cool stuff today. Um, yeah. And I've had to really, like I said at the beginning of this, I've had to challenge that because I have good people in my life that can look me in the face and say, are you, you're doing the right thing, but is it for the right reason? Is this, is this because you're still in the self obsession of Jared? Or is this because you genuinely want to educate these yeah, younger right. generation of kids? Is it because you want to be Mr. Popular and have you know thirty thousand downloads an episode, or is it because you want to spread a message of hope? Yeah. And I think the more that I can stay grounded in, I'm I my story is not unique. The difference is, is I've been able to learn from people like you, Todd, that yeah. I can share my story. Yeah. And move past the personal paranoia in the hopes that somebody is out there another jared is out there yeah. in in the Absolutely. darkness yeah. afraid to talk afraid to live an authentic self and i can reach them and they can hear my story and go if some dude who's been homeless a heroin addict right thought that he had thought that being a truck driver working in the oil field was the bee's knees <laughs> and he's been able to to get remarried, own a house in St. George, Utah, which is the new California. Apparently, if you're unfamiliar, <laughs> right? Work as. Did you know Doppel gave me a license? You want to talk about crazy? I'm like a five-time felon back in the day. I mean, I've had to yeah, right. get him reduced and expunge sure, and all that, but, but still. Today, I have a, a license like the state of Utah. How that's mind blowing, man. <laughs> so hopefully, people out there, listen. If if you've yeah. if you have some. Herds habits or hangups that yeah. you're still kicking yourself in the butt about, man, you woke up today. Today is April 14th, yeah. 2023. Stop living in the past. Go after your
1: dream. It reminds me of a beautiful quote by Alan Watts. Uh, he's a, he, he's passed now, but he was a British philosopher and amazing. And here's, here's how he says this. When you're ready to wake up, you're going to wake up. If you're not ready to wake up, you're going to stay pretending you're just a poor little me. Mm. Yeah, I love boom. That. Yeah, and that's really what you're saying. And then the other thing that really is touching me is seeing seeing the greatness here. Oh, thank you. I know man. you. Yeah, I know you hate me saying this, but I'll, I'll say this to my clients all the time: addiction and adversity is the wake up call to your greatness. Because someone once taught that to me, and when I first heard that, I'm like, oh yeah, whatever, that's cute, right? <laughs> but man, when I I when i really started to buy into that i could actually be great not in the sense of great in the eyes of other people great in my own mindset meaning loving who i am and authentically sharing who i am and doing it for the right reasons you know yeah and i see this in you dude i you are the example of someone who is has been woken up by his addiction to his greatness thank you right i mean just i mean right mandy i mean come on She's nodding. She's nodding. Yes. (laughs) You know what is
0: crazy if I could, you know, if if I can loop Mandy in on this, some of the, some of the stuff that the stories I told myself about being a person Uh in recovery and all the shame and all the guilt was even if I meet an amazing woman who I can, you know, get her to fall in love with me, what's her family going to think? Yeah. I'm very public about my recovery. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and like, what is, like, you You're know. You're dating like, who? <laughs> exactly. And like, you know, so here, here's here's kind of the message, uh, I think, to the listener who who's out there. I feel like we're in a time where people are starting to have these conversations. More Todd Sylvester's are speaking out and giving other, yeah. giving other people like Jared Miller's permission to share and yeah. be authentic. Yeah. And the tough thing is, is, If you take a, here's why I think that I'm decent at what I do today. I can take a look at somebody who most people look at and go, oh, that's a crackhead or a heroin Mm -hmm. addict or Mm -hmm. a a drunk, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I can empathize with that person and I can see the person that's really inside of them that a lot of people, in other words, people dismiss them. I become curious. Why? Yeah. What What's hurting them inside? What are they running away from? What are they numbing out? What is it that, and you can't teach that. Right. No school can teach somebody to care. Yeah. No school can teach somebody to, to find that empathy, to be able to sort through the behaviors and sort through all of the, the chaos and the confusion. I mean, you work in a residential setting. It's mm-hmm. chaos and you know, oh, it yeah. can be crazy sometimes, yeah, right? right? Like, yeah. Um, getting back to, there was a certain point where Mandy's dad, it was too funny. He said, he he came to our house and he said, Jared, now listen, he's an old fashioned traditional guy. He said, Jared, (laughs) Jared, right? He said, Jared, I want you to know we watched the the series Dope Sick on Hulu. And I get it now. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, thank you, like that. Yeah, right. I think we're in a, a really cool time where people are like starting to realize that it's not just a moral defect, right? You know.
1: Well, and an and enemy is just a person's story you do not know, right? And and so once they know your story, and they see you and what you've been through, that's like, and they learn and they watch things, and learn from it and go, oh, see, you're, you're not an enemy. I get right. you now. Yeah. I know your story, and that's why. When I saw you, even when you were still struggling, I saw I saw your greatness, I saw right through all of that. I'm like, dude, you're amazing, like truly amazing. You just don't know it yet. And Thank once you. you start tapping into the truth, that's when your life's gonna take off and go wherever it needs to go. And it's, man, it's going big. And yes, yes. he's got this beautiful wife now Whose, I guess, parents have uh, accepted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It only took. It only took asking her dad like three
0: times. Uh, two times. She's saying two. He's saying three. <laughs> yeah, it's somewhere. Uh, Dave, we don't know. Dave. Uh, you know, how would you feel about me asking your, your daughter to marry marry me? Well, keep dating for a while, and we'll talk about it later. Was yeah. his first. Which that's fair. I mean, she's that's a great. Fair. Yeah, she's that's a great
1: t- woman. T- totally fair. Wow, that is so cool. Um, God, there's so much I want to talk to you about. There's so many things we could you know, discuss. You know, you do a podcast uh, called uh, We We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Terry, uh, your mentor, is a host on there with you. Yeah. Um, you've interviewed a lot of great people. What are some of the thing, highlights of that? Like, how do you, why do you love doing that so much?
0: What we're doing right
1: now? Yeah. I mean, connecting. Yeah.
0: Isn't that cool? Yeah. It, it really, It is, it's, it's cool because I get to, the one thing that I would say, I remember when I first was told, you know, go join a fellowship, get around other people. I thought, man, those people are weird. That's not for me. (laughs) Right. Like I, um, all the excuses, all the reasons. (laughs) Weirdos. And today (laughs) I love my podcast because I get to meet different people who have been through similar things. Yeah. They're, they're, they're like my tribe. There's a certain piece. There's, there's life events that you've been through that I've also been through. And in some way it connects us. Yeah. And to be able to, to meet different people, hear their story, you know, get to be a fly on the wall of the amazing journey that they've been through. Yeah. That's super cool for me.
1: Yeah. I agree with you. Like I'm the one who's being blessed here. I mean, our listeners are too, but I'm here face to face with Jared, and we're connecting. We're crying together. We're laughing together. I mean, you're never more fully alive than when you're connected. Yeah. And I feel alive, man, when I do do this. So I, I and I see you. You know, I see your posts. And I've also been on your show. You light up like a Christmas tree when that when they hit live. We're going, and you are just boom, larger than life. And I know you love it. That's you can feel that. Because you know you're helping people,
0: thank you, thank you. I appreciate that, and I would agree, and sometimes yeah.
1: it's funny we were listening
0: to your episode on our way up here, <laughs> and um sometimes i f- I feel like I'm learning, man, I'm growing, sure, you know, when, when I first yeah. started, I might have been a little cheesy, a little over the top i uh I'm still working through even nine years later. Uh-huh. I'll tell you, Todd, sometimes I feel like i'm I'm mistaken because ah. <sighs> I can listening to my older stuff, and and mm-hmm. uh, there's some attention seeking behaviors there that I don't like. Yeah, I still one of my character defects that I struggle with today, and I, and I really want it to be mindful of and aware of is is ego, you know. And yeah. what I've kind of come to realize is one of the hardest things back when I was homeless was because of my own fault, because I manipulated people, because I stole and told them whatever they wanted to hear, like nobody would even answer a phone call. I felt so alone. Yeah, man. And so today to be able to have people that are willing to come down, come on a podcast with me, you know, like that, I have to be mindful that I'm no longer that homeless Jared anymore. Yeah. You know, like right. I have, I have value today and keeping that kind of in check. So I think when people, you know, it, whether it comes off cheesy or, or I'm <laughs> attention seeking or I'm larger than life, a lot of that man is, I just, I just need to know that people love me and people care. Yeah. And today, like when I call people, answer the phone, Yeah. Like that's, that's, incre- it sounds probably super dumb, but that's, that's incredible because yeah. <laughs> right. to me, like I can remember times where nobody wanted to take my phone call.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. No. That's that's. uh I appreciate the honesty around yeah. all that. You know, and it's funny too, because you know, I I don't know about you, but I'm winging this, man. I I <laughs> I've been doing this podcast for six and a half years, and I'm winging it. Like people go, how did how did you get? Wh-? I don't know. I'm winging it. I mean, you heard me. I screwed up in the whole intro. I mean, I'm <laughs> no. I'm stumbling over my words. I don't care though, because I'm being real. I'm not gonna go back and edit that I said it wrong. Yeah. yeah, this isn't a date line. There's no I, million dollar But I say production things wrong it. all the time. And, and I think, I just want people to know that, yeah, just because I'm doing this doesn't mean I know what I'm doing half the time because I'm just winging it. But I think, more importantly, I know that this is, I know your story, Jared, needs to be told. And, and and maybe on a much larger scale because there's so many people out there that need to hear it. And so that's, I don't care that I screwed up. What what the The, the, the gift of this is hearing what you're saying. And, and coming from your heart and it's amazing dude thank you it really that's the beauty of this you know yeah
0: thank you and <laughs> you got 321 of them under your
1: belt yeah which is and i've actually got more than that. i've got like 10 in the hopper that are done it's like it's nuts it, it blows my mind and i and it's almost like i've hit that tipping point and it's almost like be careful what you imagine cuz you're going to get it yeah right we're that's we're manifestors cool. and but that's a good problem to have and i i can't complain about that it's beautiful yeah. but uh Um, if there's someone listening to you right now who is in a dark place, they are thinking about ending their life or they don't want to, don't think they can overcome this or everyone, they feel abandoned, they're homeless, or they have a, a friend who may be there. What would you tell that one person right now who is struggling in that dark place? Stop being so hard
0: on yourself. I think that today I, when I do the YouTube uh, wormholes and you know you got uh, a David Goggins book sitting over there and you know there's the Eric Thomases, The I don't call myself a motivational speaker because I feel like we're in a day in an age where it's like you know you just gotta want it more you just gotta will it more you just gotta mm-hmm. and it's man find one thing today to be grateful for I mm, love that go outside fill a leaf man pick off your shoes and walk in the grass. Like life is all around us. Yeah. Find, find one thing to be grateful for today. And for that person, I would say, reach out, you know, talk to somebody. Yeah. I, I think we're, man, as I sit back and every day I meet with clients and every day I do groups and If we could all just find a little bit more Mm self-acceptance, a little bit more love for ourselves, Mm -hmm. a little bit more patience with ourselves, that would be my message to that person is, dude, there's life all around you. Like, don't be so hard on yourself. Stop beating yourself up. Mm. Go outside and and see the world around you and and take it in. Find one person that you can call, you can talk to. I think too, the, the other part of that is hopefully the people that are listening to this are family members. Of that person struggling yeah and the message I would have for them is your loved one is I promise you harder on themselves than you could ever be on them Mm -hmm. I mean I have a brother that that to this day like we have I'm I'm up here going to his son's wedding we didn't talk for years Todd And I'm not talking just like one or two. I'm talking, we didn't speak for years. And finally when we did talk, you know, the message he had for me was like, dude, it was breaking my heart. I couldn't watch you self-destruct. It wasn't because he hated me. It wasn't because he, you know, all that was my inner dialogue, right? And so for, I think a message for somebody who's listening to this, whose loved one is struggling is, Man Go up and give him a hug Tell them you love them You know sometimes I think we We confuse recreational use For Dependency Yeah Somebody who's out there You know you see the movies And somebody who's out there Partying and having a good time And I don't know about your addiction But towards the end of mine It was It was not But at that point It had I had already burned Too many bridges Yeah It was already too late Yeah Does that make sense? Sure So for the person struggling Man let go, forgive yourself, find something to be grateful for, for the person whose loved one is struggling, reach out to them. They're hurting. I promise you there's a reason why they're, they're using a chemical to to alter their state of mind.
1: For sure. Beautifully said. Seriously. hope that that helps. No, it definitely does. You know, if, if our, if our listeners want to reach out to you, Jared, and, and follow your podcast and, you know, check out your supplement line and, and maybe even hire you to come speak to their group or things like that. What's the best way for them to do that? I would say reach out through my podcast page. Okay. Again, We Do
0: Recover uh, with Jared Miller. It's If you're familiar with NA, it's my favorite piece of literature, any literature, if that helps you remember. We Do Recover, uh, Jared Miller, just because there's a bunch of different pages out there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> reach out, direct message me. Um, you can send me an email. But it's that same We Do Recover with Jared Miller at gmail.com. Okay. Um, yeah, I do a lot of stuff and like right now we got a couple events coming up where we're going to be doing some fundraising for some sober living houses, oh, right on. uh, January. You, you mind if I just, no, please, this is more important than my podcast or myself on the line plug for me. Yeah, please. Plug. I, I would love to, to get some support in raising some money for, uh, talent in the park, which is SJS, the Shannon J scholarship foundation is doing talent in the park June 3rd. I don't know if you guys in recovery have heard of this guy named Kalichi or Joe Nestor, but those are the two headlining performers. Mm. The gates open at eleven o'clock. They perform at seven and eight o'clock, I believe. I'll be emceeing that event, and then nice. the very next night, and and so SJS raises money for people to go to Valley Camp. Oh yeah, that don't have insurance, that don't okay. have thirty thousand dollars in cash laying around to go to really nice, you know, rehabs. Um, that's near and dear to my heart that there was a point in time in my depths of my addiction where I needed help and wanted help, but I didn't know of any resources. Where are you going to go? Yeah. Yeah. The other one is January 3rd. Sorry. I keep June, June. June. Thank you. June. So June 3rd is the town in the park. June 4th is uh, a recovery concert. That's down in St. George in my neck of the woods, AKA God's country. (laughs) <laughs> Don't be mad, Todd. It's just its just the reality. Hey, we got the sun. I got to deal baby. with it. I got to deal with <laughs> it. We
1: got the snow. You got the sun.
0: There you go. Uh, that is going to be the Sobriety Foundation. We're raising money for the Sobriety yeah. Foundation, which is an amazing organization. Yeah. I love them. So those are the two events. And we have um, Chaz Smith, a.k.a. Kalichi, and Joe Nestor performing both of those nights out there in St. George at the. It's basically what do they call it now? Utah university campus yeah so they're always okay. changing it
1: very cool um and then i'll put all the links to your stuff um, please do. in the in the show notes so people can just click and go and mm-hmm. i and i encourage anyone listening to you right now to reach out to you and you know if you can if you have a question for jared or if you want to you know subscribe to his podcast if you want to donate to some of these things that he's involved with uh, please do yeah and um yeah. If any way I can help on those things, let me know. I Especially
0: mean the, the, thank you. And the education piece, listen, I'm always willing to share my story, Todd. If it helps one person, then fantastic. Yeah. What I'm passionate about today is educating people on the dangers of substance abuse. Yeah, I feel like right now there it's at a point where it's becoming a epidemic pandemic. You know, I I don't charge anything to go talk at a local high school if I don't have to travel. And if I do, then just pay for, you know, my hotel and my gas. That's why I say I'm an educational speaker. I do mindfulness stuff. We do the Hershey's kisses, right? Like, like it's not just me up there talking. (laughs) There's some interaction. And and I really try to make it very therapeutic and educational for the younger generation coming up. I'm pretty passionate about that, too. Love it. God takes care of me as long as I'm doing the right things, man. Yeah. So I've, I've been pretty fortunate to, to work in, they pay
1: me to do what I do, which is crazy. Yeah. Isn't that so crazy to you? Like, Oh yeah. I pinch myself every day going, I, I get to do this and I get to make a living at it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird. Crazy. I used to have a
0: job and now I just show up to a building and they give me money to do what I love doing. And it's nuts. And so I, you know, I do have a supplement line. That would be nice. We have a pool in the backyard we'd like to put in someday, but those are luxury dreams. I'm more passionate imagine about
1: imagine it, imagine it, and then it will happen. There you go. I I'm keep imagining.
0: More passionate about giving yeah. back the the fundraising and any sure. education that I could do. That would be cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. The Sobriety Foundation's amazing. Susan Peterson's the best. Oh, yeah. yeah. I got to speak at their event last year, and it was amazing. Yeah. And so, yeah, God, I would love to. Um, I'd love to see if I could be down there those those times. But uh, anyway, wow, dude, you're amazing. Thanks, buddy. You really are. Um, and I, I don't say that lightly. Like I don't I don't mean amazing like I'm like you, you don't have stuff to work on. Amazing that you are vulnerable, amazing that you're accountable, amazing that you are honest. Thank you. Amazing that you are a, a connector, amazing that you're one that's not afraid to speak his mind now and and and, and take take from it what comes with it you know it's just beautiful to watch i mean it's just the transformation's unbelievable
0: (laughs) right back at you todd listen i wouldn't i i honestly don't know that i would be sitting here today if if you hadn't have like if i hadn't gone to an event where you stood up in a room full of people and my jaw hadn't dropped i don't think that i would be sitting here today like you gave me permission and hopefully The more that we can do, give other people permission to just be themselves and not have to live in shame. Wow,
1: that just blows my mind. Like when you say that, like you know, you always hope that happens, you know. And um, one of the most powerful things that you can tell anyone, especially the people that are closest to you, and it's not "I love you," and that's a powerful thing to say. But we say that a lot: "I love you, love you, love you too," and we get desensitized a little bit to it. The single most powerful thing you can tell someone is, I believe in you. Mm-hmm. And I believe in you, Jared. I really do. And and not that you need to hear that from me because I know you believe in yourself now, which is the beauty of it. Thank you. So I hope you know that. Thank you, man. Yeah.
0: I, I, I know we got these mics in us, but when this is over, I'm going to give you a huge hug, <laughs> bro. I am Absolutely. very, very thankful and Absolutely. very grateful.
1: Um, one last thing. Do you, do you mind reading that out loud?
0: Not a problem. The most delightful surprise in life is To suddenly recognize there's nothing wrong with you, oh man, yeah, yeah.
1: I have my clients say that on day one, yeah. I mean, I, I'm talking to heroin addicts, coke addicts, meth addicts you name it, they just got out of prison and they'll read that on day one. And almost 10 out of 10 times, Jared, they start crying,
0: yeah. I'm, I it made me tear up, yeah, yeah.
1: And and, and not that we that doesn't mean we don't have stuff to work on, what it means is to your core, see, that's the greatness. I see you, yeah, you're you're. One of the best definitions of depression I've ever heard is pretending to be someone I'm not, and the the moment you started putting poison in your body, you started to pretend to be someone you're not. You're over here, and that's why you were left empty. But I saw over here from the day I met you. You just you just need to start seeing that and getting in line with that, and that's what you're doing now, and it's awesome.
0: Thank you. I know that we're probably over on time, but a
1: little bit, but that's all right. <laughs> it it made
0: me think of one thing that I have Please. to share. Okay, there's, Please. I love Disney there's a, <laughs> there's a, moana right okay so Manny i mean he looks you, shocked uh, right now <laughs> there's a certain scene <laughs> in moana where where the the girl basically looks a- across at this monstrous lava monster Tafiti, thank you and this courageous little girl starts you know says let her come to me mm-hmm. and this Tafiti, you know starts roaring yeah. splitting the ocean and roaring towards her and that to me it's such a symbol i actually play that in family groups because like at that lava monsters tafiti's core yeah. that's who we really are right yeah. and then once that little girl takes and she puts the the heart of toffee back in she transforms and she's the beautiful person that she is yeah you know like that it really anyways that that's empower it it always makes me emotional because I, I felt like i was to feed you before yeah and i felt like i've been able to to kind of transform and get back to who i originally was
1: yeah yeah beautifully said thanks for sharing that thanks, we, we needed to hear that
0: you can watch that little clip on youtube yeah uh, hopefully it'll make sense once you watch it yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well you know i told you guys this is you're in for a treat today jared miller what a what an amazing human being who uh, is proof to all of us that we can overcome and rise and um, move on you know there's a there's a quote by uh, Pablo Picasso that says the meaning uh the purpose in life I might have this backwards I, I just butchered this see, see? Here it's we go. cool man. I think it's the meaning in life is to find your gift the purpose in life is to give it away mm-hmm. and I think that's what's happened to you I mean I see that you have found your gift and now you're giving it away and I think that's you know that's why we're here so man we were all just uh the recipients of this amazing gift of Jared today, we've got his beautiful wife Mandy here supporting us. Thanks for being here, Mandy. It really means a lot. Um, I think the world of you. Um, <clears throat> anything I can do to help support your cause even more? I'm happy to do so. So please know that Thank um, you. you know we're we're allies in this together. And guys, if you have a family member that's in that darkness, you know. Jared gave us some great advice. If you struggle with not knowing what to say, share a link to this episode. Say, listen to this and then follow back up with them because it will open up their eyes a little bit. It'll make them feel like, wow, okay, if Jared can do this, so can I. And you can talk to him it'll open up a conversation. So please share this episode with anyone and everyone you know that needs help on, on any level. It doesn't even have to be addiction. Uh, we can. Anyone can gain from this, so please do so. Again, thanks to my sponsors. I love you guys for believing me. That means the world. And one last thank you to Jared. Um, appreciate you taking some time with us today and sharing some thoughts and uh, and your gift with us.
0: Thank you, Todd. If I would have known the day I met you that one day I'd be sitting here doing a podcast <laughs> with you, it's mind blowing. So I am extremely grateful from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much. You are so
1: welcome, my friend. All right, everyone. Till next time. I love you guys. Take care.